You're listening to Life UPC Richmond Hills Audiocast. Glory, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. It is Palm Sunday, and I am so thankful for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Most High King, the one and only true God, God manifested in the flesh. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the example that he had left for me. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for being the example of holiness. Thank you, Jesus. He was without sin. He was without sin. He had every single temptation that made, that the devil could throw at him. He had all the same temptations that you and I had, but yet he was without sin. Thank you, Jesus. And it was so that he could become the sacrificial lamb for our salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, mighty God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, God. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As I said, we have hope. We have hope in the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We can stand on all of his promises. His promises are yes and amen. Not yes and no. Not yes and maybe. Not yes and we'll see. His promises are yes and amen. And you can stand on those promises. You can count them. You can, you can count it in the bank. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. This morning, I'm going to do another tag team session, this time with my middle son, Caleb Warner. He's going to come up, and he's going to start us out with the message, and I'm going to close us out. So, Brother Caleb, would you come on up here and... And minister to us in this place this morning. Thank you. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Come on. Praise the Lord, church. God is good. Still a little shook from this morning, but don't have to forgive me because I got to get into it. But. It's all right, brother. It's all right. I should have already had it flipped over there. Yes. All right, well, <clears throat> I'm going to be uh, speaking from the book of Acts. And, in fact, this is going to be a Saul story. I'm going to be speaking about the beginning of Saul, really. Um, you know, Saul persecuting the church. Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. And Saul was consenting unto his death. When he's saying consenting unto his death, he was talking about uh, the previous... Uh, Verses he was talking about um, Stephen. He was consenting into Stephen's death and stuff. You know he was persecuting the church. They were uh, killing off Stephen. They were uh, stoning Stephen because of his faith in God. Basically, uh, Jesus. He was talking Jesus. He was he saw he he wanted uh, you know be with God. He was like you know what I I I have a revelation. I I know this is the truth. So you know they didn't believe it and they blasphemed me. They were calling him all that and they killed him. Well. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial. 
and made great limitation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Well, the, uh, my uh, title today is uh, Where's Your Faith? Where's Your Faith? Um, Brother Conway, can you pray over the word? Lord God, we ask you right now that you touch the man of God today, Father. Help him to bring a word to us today, God. Help it to prick our hearts. Help us to be rejuvenated and renewed in our mind and our spirit today. And bless him in a mighty way. And we ask you this in Jesus' name we pray. And we say amen. Amen. Well, I have to skip the pages real quick. Well, in the book of Acts, if we go to chapter nine, uh, nine verses one through nine, I'm going to speak through real quick. And this is Saul when he's converting into, you know, being a follower of Jesus instead. This is when, he, you know, he gets blinded and all that. Well, and Saul yet breathing out, threatening and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about, the, round about him a light from heaven and fell to the earth, and, the earth, and heard a voice saying unto Saul, 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 why persecute thou me? And we all know that was Jesus, you know, coming to him. But he, he just saw a light out of nowhere. And this man is just like, what's going on? Falls to his knees. And, and, and this kind of like when we first get into the church a lot of times, too, example, too. When you look at it, you're like, I didn't realize what I was doing to you, God, the whole time. But um, if we start looking into it, uh, saw, you know, he was so confused for the moment, but he. I, I can imagine he probably something was already starting to click. He was starting to line something up. There's no way he didn't know because he was persecuting all these people. So something was probably starting to line up. And he said, who art thou, Lord? Lord, you know, lining up, something's lining up. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled. He trembled and astonished, said the Lord, what will thou have me to do? This man, he, he's speechless. He doesn't even know what to say at this point because he thought, he thought he was living right. He thought he was in the right spot at the right time. But, they, yeah, he went in the right spot at the right time at some point because God, you know, revealed this to him. But he was walking by his sight the whole entire time, if you think about it. Because how, how, how would he not know if he was living by faith? In this moment, if you start to read later on, I want to show you something. If you start reading later on, Lord, and the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So, he, you know, he's like, all right, all right, I'm going to do this. You know, you can imagine how he felt. So he's just like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do, Lord. I'm sorry. And the, and the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. You know, the people around him even saw something going on. People around him were amazed. For instance, if you get first in the church, other people at your work, at your family, they're like, 
this man's different. What is what is going on? There's a lot that you can put that. So oh, they saw a miracle. They didn't even believe, but they saw the miracle. They're like, wow, something's different about these people. But, you know, that happened with Saul in that moment. And Saul arose from the earth, and with his eyes were open. I'm <laughs> He saw no man. And this was obviously when his eyes were open. He opened his eyes. He didn't see no man. He was blind in this moment. He saw no man, but led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither, and neither did he eat or drink. I could imagine how he felt. I mean, it didn't really say that he couldn't eat or drink, but he just didn't. I could imagine how he felt in that moment. Maybe it was like, no, I'm going to fast or something, whatever God was revealing to him. But but it says when he opened his eyes, I know he was saying he was opening his eyes because he was blind at the moment. He, he was explaining that he was blind. But at the same time, God blinded him and it opened his eyes in the sense. If you really think about it, there's a scripture that talks about we walk by faith, not by sight. If we're walking by sight like Saul was doing, we're blinded by all these things of the world in reality. In reality, walking by sight, you're actually blind. That's kind of what it's saying in the reality. But if you're walking by faith, trusting in God, you have this spiritual sight that you can understand and see everything else around you that you couldn't see before. That was hindering everything around you. Well, that's what happened to Saul. Oh, Lord. And, and the Lord was, when I saw that scripture and when he revealed that to me, I, he was asking me where was my faith in that moment, too. And th this goes for me, too. But... Later on, there was a disciple called Ananias. He had a vision from God. And Ananias, one of the disciples, got a vision from God. God told him, go into the street called Straight and go, go to the house of Judas and ask for a man called uh, Solitary Nas Tarsus. And then, you know, lay hands on him and help him and all that, heal him, you know, heal his eyesight. Well, you can imagine how Ananias was. You're talking about the guy that was just killing all of us and persecuting us in Jerusalem? How? Why? In, in, in this moment, where is your faith? You know, you're questioning God too. That's the church questioning God right now. Where is your faith? I mean, it, man. Acts chapter 9, verse 15 through 16. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel for I shew him faith uh, show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake okay he's like okay God you took you know what I'm gonna do what you say I, I'm gonna trust in you this time. I'm sorry that I even questioned you he just moves on he's like all right and then later on in the scripture he goes there and then you we find out he gets uh Saul gets the Holy Ghost and he gets baptized and then it gets healed, and when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was saw certain days with the disciples, which were at Damascus. Actually, I meant to read 18, I think. And immediately there uh, fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he had received sight forth, forthwith and rose and was baptized. And there, in, in the earlier scripture, it says with the Holy Ghost, too, he had the Holy Ghost also. Well, now that happened. Now he's getting into the, the relationship with God. He's understanding who God really is, Jesus. He's understanding something that he didn't see before. He was blinded by his own sight. He was walking by his flesh. Well, 
if you go later on into uh, verses 20 through 21, well, and straight away he preached Christ in the synagogues. Well, this was at Damascus, that he is the son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, is this not, is, is this he, I mean, that destroyed them, which called on this name in Jerusalem and came hither for the, that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest? Is this not the guy that was just killing uh, all these people that were believing in what he's saying right now? Is this not him? Well, later on, you see in the scripture, I kind of shortened it real quick. Even after hearing this, the, the Jews had a meeting and they were plotting to kill him. They were just getting, oh, let's get rid of this guy. No, nah, there's something up. How do you not, like, this guy's persecuting them. You don't see something's up there. It has to be something. They're, wa- they're seeing what he did and they're walking by sight in that moment still. Well, now he goes to the, um, back to Jerusalem. Back to Jerusalem and uh, verses 26 through 27. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he assigned to join uh, himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. And believe not that he was a disciple. Saul, where is your faith? Ananias, where is your faith? Part of the church. Well, now the whole church, you know, disciples, where is your faith in that moment? They all are questioning this. They're confused. But and when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he is. uh, No, that's the same thing. But Barnabas took him. took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in Jesus' name. I just want to say something. He, God got the guy that was persecuting them to go preach at Damascus. I, I just want to say that while they're over there, I just want to say that real quick too. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Well, if you really look at that, though, and they were scared of him, they didn't trust him. They didn't believe he could be a disciple. I'm sure they were thinking, is this man, is this the man that killed my brother, my sister, my, my put my family in prison, whatever it may be, because they believed in Jesus? Is this not the guy that was doing all this stuff to us? Well, God was teaching them, have faith that I can help change this man. Did I not do the same for you? When, I, when, I, when he spoke that, he did the same thing for all of them. They were killing Jesus, and yet they're, they're complaining about another man who was killing Jesus, including them. They're just, they were upset. It was them, too. But he's coming to God now. And, in fact, he's writing all of the scriptures. Like, this man, they, oh, Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. The, the, today, this church is walking too much by sight. And I'm talking about the church around the world, period. We're all one church. We're being walking way too much by our sight. And, and we're scared of this, scared to reach the homeless man that you see every single day before church service. Instead of inviting me, drive off away. Instead of helping him the next day, you see him with a little bit of money. We're like, oh, he might spend on drugs. Well, Jesus didn't go, oh, well, he might, he might sin against me again. Let me just not save him. I, 
I get it. Yes, there's discernment. God will tell you to do certain things at a certain time to make sure certain things won't happen. But come on, like God tells you to do something, just do it. Like, don't question all this stuff. And everyone's questioning God right here. Where is your faith? We need to start trusting in him in everything we do. Everything we do. Every decision we make, trust in him. The enemy wants to say, he wants to put this in our minds. We start saying, I can't, I can't reach that person. I can't because that person hurt me. Or where's the forgiveness? Where's the faith? I, I can't, I can't hope that per, a coworker because he looks like a mess. I, what about when you were outside of the church? I can't help that homeless man. I, I can't shout. I can't dance. It starts to get into your whole entire prayer life too. I can't shout. I can't dance because you're disobedience. I can't shout. I can't dance. No faith is there. Well, I, I can't run. I, in fact. I will kind of say the enemy was kind of right when he was saying that stuff a little bit because I can't. I can't do it on my own. Yeah, I can't on my own, though. Just a little right <laughs> about that part. But through God, but God, through Jesus, I can do all things. I can do all things. Have faith. I wouldn't even exist today without God. Who am I to question everything that he's telling me to do? Have faith. Have faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I want to pass it off to my dad and my pastor for this the rest of it. So. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wonderful word, wonderful word. Praise God, praise God, Brother Caleb, wonderful word. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Where is your faith? Praise God. Where is our faith today? You know, we question God so many times. So many things happen in our lives, and it's just as you said, Brother Caleb, we're walking by sight and not by faith. And where is our faith at? Where is our faith? God is still good no matter what you might be going through. He's still good. He's good all the time. Amen. All the time. So it doesn't matter what you might be going through. It doesn't matter what kind of mess you're in. God's a deliverer. Amen. He can deliver you out of darkness. He can deliver you out of the mess that you might be in. He is a good God. We just got to have faith. I, went, I told Caleb I wanted to tag team this message this morning, and I, I said whatever the Lord leads him to preach, just let me know just a little bit about I, I said just what the topic is. And, and uh, he told me, he just told me faith, faith. He didn't say where your faith is or any of that stuff. He just said faith. Faith is my topic, and um. I'm going to read to you guys. I got the wrong sermon up, though, for some reason. <laughs> Give me just a moment, and let me pull up the right one. Technology. I love it, but, man, don't depend on it. I tell you what. <clears throat> Pulled up the right message now. Yes, sir. All right. So he just told me he was going to preach on faith. That's it. And that's good. 
That's good because we got to have faith. But where is your faith? His message was. And today, I'm not going to put up the title yet, but I'm going to read to you my opening scripture first. And I'm going to read to you from Romans chapter 12. You're already seated. You go ahead and be seated. I, we stood for the reading earlier. Um, <clears throat> Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think. That kind of goes with what he's talking about, how, you know, you see the homeless man and you decide not to reach out to him. Or you see someone who is in some type of need or distress and you decide not to because you think sometimes you think you're too good for that, maybe. Or sometimes we might look at a person and say, God, I just I can't. I'm not comfortable. I don't know. You better step out your comfort zone. You got the Holy Ghost. That's power inside of you. That's God in you. Praise God. He said, don't think yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly. Now listen, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. Every single man and woman has a certain measure of faith. Some people have faith this big. Some people have faith that big. But everybody's got a certain measure of faith. Everybody's got faith. But it only takes that much. It takes the faith the size of what? A mustard seed is all it takes. It don't take much faith. The question is, everybody's got faith because everybody's given a certain measure of faith. The question is, will you use your faith? Will you utilize your faith? Will you find your faith when you need it? Praise God. We always need our faith. But I want to continue to preach this morning about your potential faith. Your potential faith, because every man has a certain measure of faith. We got to use our faith to its potential. It tells us in that opening scripture, I say, he says, every man has a measure of faith, a certain measure. And like I said, some might be this much and some might be this much. And, but it doesn't take but a little bit of faith. And the problem is many of us are not even using the mustard seed of faith. Many of us are, are just hanging on by just a, a, a tiny speckle of molecule of, of faith. But it doesn't take much faith. But I'm here to tell somebody today that you have more faith. Because everybody's got a certain measure of faith. And you can use more of that faith every day. We need faith. Faith in who? Faith in Jesus. Amen. God manifested in flesh. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 that now faith is a substance of uh, things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So what is faith? What is faith? You can't see it. You can't grab it, lift it up, pick it up, hold it. It's not tangible, but it's something that's within you. But you can feel it, not physically, but you feel it in here. Faith. Faith is, is hope. Faith is trust. Do you trust that God is who he says he is? Do you, where does your hope lie? Does your hope lie in Jesus or does it lie in this world? Faith. Faith is hope. It's trust. It's not, and it's not substance that you can pick up and lift, but, there, but you see the evidence of faith. 
You see the evidence of faith in, in those in the church, amen? And, and you see how when they're going to a difficult time, maybe they've lost a loved one, but I'm here to tell you that God is our peace. He is our comfort. And even though we lose loved ones and, we, and, and sometimes we go through infirmities, sometimes we have to go through some difficult times financially, whatever it may be, but the reason why I always look like I got joy is because I got joy. And nobody can steal my joy. Amen. My joy lies in Jesus, the mighty God. Hallelujah. And I know that he is king of kings. I know that he is Lord of lords. And I know that his promises are yes and amen. Hallelujah. And he has laid up for me a mansion in heaven. And there will be a day. That, see, we come here and we praise him and magnify him here in this place. And we can do it in other places. We don't have to do it right here in the church. Amen. We can do it wherever we're at. I do it at work sometimes. I do it in my truck sometimes. I do it at home. We need to praise him and magnify him. Amen. Because I got faith that he is who he says he is. Thank you, Jesus. I got faith in the word. <clears throat> You go on down a little bit in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. It tells us without faith, it's impossible to please him. you got to have faith. Everybody's got faith, but you got to use it. you got to find that measure of faith that you have right in here. Right in here. you got to get hold of that measure and you got to use it. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Do you believe that he is who he says he is? Because if you believe that he is who he says he is, your faith will start to rise higher and higher and higher because you know that he's the king of kings, lord of lords. You know that he's the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything in between. He's the mighty God, the great I am, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I got to go off my notes a little bit because the Lord was leading me this morning. As I told you guys, my mother passed away this morning. And I read this scripture in, in the beginning of the service from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19. It says, if, any, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we got to have hope. He is our hope. We got to have our hope in Christ. Where does your hope lie? If your hope lies on things of this world, if your hope lies on other people, I'm here to tell you, you will be disappointed. But if your hope lies in Jesus, you've already won. You already have the glory. We have hope, it says. Hope in Christ. We are of all men most miserable, it says. The world has nothing to offer for you. The world has nothing for us. But Jesus has everything for us. I'm here to tell you. And it says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as an Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive, it says. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits. If you skip down, and it tells us in verse 26, because 
I'm here to tell you guys, it's we're coming to the end. It's the end of one or two things. It's it's it, one or two things are certain, and it's not life. It's not uh, what is it? Death and taxes. It's not death and taxes. One or two things are certain. This is the two certain things: is either death, yes, is right. That one's right. But either you're gonna die soon. One, you're gonna die, or the Lord's gonna come back. One of the, one of those two are gonna happen. I guarantee that. And I want to be ready. It tells us though that when the last enemy to be defeated, in verse 26 of this chapter, Hebrew, or I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapter 15, it says the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Is death. We're all going to die, this, this mortal body that we have, but our soul is going to live forever. Death has been defeated. Jesus has defeated death. God has defeated death. Amen. One or two things are, are, are going to happen. Either you're going to die or the Lord's going to come back. And I want to be ready when he comes back. I want to be ready when the Lord comes back. And I got faith. I got faith that he is who he says he is. I got faith in his word. I got faith in Jesus. My hope lies in God. And I felt in my heart this morning, I, I was not, I, ne- I never truly witnessed, to my, I tried witnessing to my mother early on. And then there would be a while there I, I didn't. I, I tried to live my life and be a witness in the way I live because she would hear some things that I would tell her. And I, and I know she didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up in the church either. And it can be hard. It can be difficult to understand for people who haven't experienced it. And... My heart sorrows that I wasn't able to witness to her more than what I did. I'm here to tell somebody today, going a little bit off subject here, that tomorrow's not promised. We know that. Like I said, either the Lord's coming soon or our life ends. Don't give up on your family, your friends, your loved ones. You keep, t- you keep pressing them. You keep telling them the word, what the word says. Amen. You just keep going on and keep going on. I was able to minister to her while she was in the hospital, but it wasn't the same. Um, praise God. It tells us in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Jesus said, because of your, he, this was after, I'm going to go a little bit before that. Um, There was a man that brought his son to Jesus and he said, heal my son. He, and uh, their disciples, they couldn't heal him. They couldn't heal him. And he was throwing himself in fire and throwing himself in the water. and, And it was an evil spirit upon him. And Jesus said, because of your, and Jesus healed him. Jesus healed him, and the disciples asked him, why, why, Master, why couldn't we heal him? He said, because of your unbelief. 
because of your unbelief. You see, most people don't use the measure of faith that they have been given. They don't even tap into the measure of faith that they have been given because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. He said, for I verily I say unto you, if you have faith as the as a grain of a mustard seed, just a, a tiny bit of faith, that's all you need, he said. You shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed. And nothing shall be impossible to you. Nothing shall be impossible to you. We have that kind of faith inside of us. We have that kind of faith that can move mountains. Amen. You've just got to use the potential faith that you have inside of you. We've got to begin to use our faith. We've got to tap into that potential faith that God has given us, that certain measure of faith that he has given us. We've got to, to teach and preach and minister his word to our friends, our family, our loved ones, and every person that we come in contact with. And we've got to have faith that God will move in them as well. Praise God. Potential faith I'm talking about this morning. Potential faith. It tells us, <clears throat> Psalms chapter 146, put not your trust in princes nor in the son of man. Don't put your trust in kings. Don't put your trust in, the, in governments. Don't put your trust in any of that. Don't put your trust in other men either. Because if you do, like I said earlier, you will be disappointed, I promise you. It says, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to, the, to his earth, and that every day his thoughts perish. It says in verse 5, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord, his God which made heaven and earth and the sea and all therein that is. He made heaven and earth and everything in between, which keepeth truth forever. Verse 7, which, which, which executeth judgment for the oppressed. If you're oppressed today, I'm here to tell you, God is your hope. But you just got to have faith. Which giveth food to the hungry. I'm here to tell you, if you're without this morning, Whatever it may be, if you're without food, without shelter, whatever it might be, there is hope in our Lord Jesus. You just got to have faith. And, and the Lord looseth prisons, prisoners. If you're bound by something today, I know that some of us may be bound by something, something that we just can't shed, something that's keeping us back, holding us back. Maybe it's unforgiveness. I don't know what it might be. Maybe it's some kind type of an addiction. I'm not sure what it might be, but I'm here to tell you, God is a chain breaker. He can destroy the bonds that have been holding you down. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You just got to have hope in Jesus. You got to have faith. Praise God. Use that measure of faith. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Just like Saul, just like Saul was blinded so that his eyes could be open. Praise God. He was blinded so his eyes could be open to who Jesus really is, the King of kings, Lord of lords. Hallelujah. 
The Lord openeth up the eyes of the blind. I'm here to tell you if there's somebody you've been ministering to, you've been preaching to, you've been talking to about Jesus, and they and they, they just keep brushing you off, and maybe it's a family member, a co-worker, whatever it might be. I don't know who it is, but you just keep teaching. You keep preaching unto them because God will open their eyes. He will remove the blinders from their eyes. Hallelujah. The Lord raiseth them up that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You continue to live for God. You continue to live holy and righteous. you got to have hope in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Trust that he is who he says he is. Verse 9, the Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Even thy God, O Zion, unto the generations. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord, mighty God. Oh, he is so good. Hallelujah. We got to praise him. We got to magnify him. Hallelujah. How much faith do you have in you? You only need a little bit. We got to use that potential faith today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, it says in Psalms 50, chapter 15, and call upon me in the day of trouble, God says. Call upon me in the day of trouble. Whatever you might be going through, whatever God, whatever the enemy has put in your mind, whatever the enemy has been trying to take from you, it doesn't matter if you've had death of a loved one. It doesn't matter what it might be. God says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee. Oh, thank you. And thou shalt glorify me. Hallelujah. Can we call upon the Lord this morning? Can we magnify him in this place? Hallelujah. I'm getting ready to close. If Sister Warner or somebody wants to pray some altar, play some altar call music, we got to praise him. We got to show forth our faith unto him. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, God. Glory, God. Thank you, Jesus. It tells us. In Psalms 34, I sought the Lord and he heard me. I sought the Lord and he heard me. Oh, God, where would I be today? Where would I be today if it weren't for him? When I turned to him and I cried out to him because I was in the deepest depths part of despair in my life and my whole life was crumbling down around me and it seemed like I had no hope. And I was tired for living for the Lord, for the world, for the world. I couldn't live for the world anymore, and I wanted to turn to God. But I was bound by drugs and addictions, and I was bound by the world. But I cried out to him. Psalms 34, verse 4, oh, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. He delivered me. God is a deliverer. How many of you know that he is a deliverer? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. God is a deliverer. 
He's a miracle working God. He's a saving God. Hallelujah. He's a healing God. Oh, he's a healing God. He's a healing God. I want to open up this altar to everyone this morning. And I want to invite you down to this altar. No matter what you might be going through. As I told you guys, I'm going through something something this morning. I just don't even know what to think about it. But I know where my hope lies. And I got faith that he is who he says he is and that his promises are yes and amen hallelujah I'm here to tell somebody whatever you might be going through this morning this altar is open for you it doesn't matter if you've been battling some kind of addiction it doesn't matter if you've had financial troubles I don't care what it might be but maybe you've got some kind of infirmity this morning James chapter 5 verse 14 tells us that is any sick among you let him call upon the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil if you have some kind of infirmity this morning we got oil if you're battling something we got oil come to the altar oh come to the altar this morning yeah and it says and, and anoint him with the oil in the name of the lord and the prayer of the faith the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. Hallelujah. Faith. We got to use our faith. Where is your faith this morning? Faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sin. If you've got some kind of sin that you've committed. And you think that oh God. I'm too far. I'm too far God. You can't reach me. I'm here to tell you that he. He is here for you today. Oh, and they shall be forgiven him. Hallelujah. 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 Confess your faults one to another and pray. Pray for one another that you may be healed. God is a healer. God is a miracle worker. God is a deliverer. Oh, God is our salvation. He is a healing God. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, mighty God. Thank you, Lord. I thank you even in times, even in times, God, even when I'm at my lowest, God, even, Lord, even when I'm in despair, God, I praise you. Thank you for listening to Life UPC Richmond Hills Audio Cast.